Alan Kring Productions, in association with Emergent Light Studio, presents the Illinois State Collegiate Compendium, Academic Lectures in Business and Economics. This is Business Finance, FIL 240 for Autumn Semester 2022. Today, review for the final exam. The final exam will be held for this class on Thursday uh, of next week at from 10 o'clock until 12 o'clock. It's a two-hour exam. You are allowed two four-by-six note cards as well as your um, calculator or your virtual calculator. You may use Excel if you choose on the exam. and. Uh, Oh, your formula sheet, the ratios formula sheet, you can use that too. The number of questions is approximately 64. Some of them are matching, so those are just sort of like small point affairs overall. The layout of the exam is very similar to what you've seen on the midterm and the quizzes. It's a combination of multiple choice, true and false, and numeric answers. Now I'll go through what I think you should know for the exam, and then it will probably be in your best interest to ask me questions about what you might, be, might think will be on it, and I can tell you yes or no. As I had told you, on Saturday night at 6 p.m., I will hold a Zoom session you click on the office link in the sidebar of ReggieNet, and you'll see, and that's where the uh, uh, connection will get you to the review. And I'll also be recording it, and I'll, when, it'll take me a few hours to process the video, and then I'll upload it to ReggieNet with an announcement that it's up there for you to watch and go back through. Saturday at 6. That's preliminarily, unless something awful happens and I die, and then I'll put it off for about an hour until I can get, get back out of the grave. I'm coming back. I mean, I don't care if the undertaker... <laughs> I will be here if I have to camp here overnight. I promise I'll be here. Um, uh, one thing I'm going to do for you, this is your, you write down, and this is your study guide, it's what I'm saying to you right now, to guide you. However, I'm also, I took the uh, liberty of writing up a uh, sheet of terms that I have used in this class, new to you or more specific uh, than what you have uh, been exposed to in the past. There are 116 of these terms. And I will, <laughs> yeah, we've gone through 160. That, <clears throat> it might not be comprehensive, but uh, this I will upload to VeggieNet as a PDF. And it is not in alphabetical order. It's more in the order of subject matter. Uh, so uh, you can see that there will be sort of a cluster of terms and they're all related to bonds or a cluster of terms and they're all related to uh, profit, things like that, or something like that. So that'll help you uh, somewhat. I, I strongly encourage you not to look at this list, list and say, ah, I'll just Google it. 
No, you're asking for a disaster if you try to use gurgle for uh, technical subject matter. Same goes for Wikistupedia. That's a bad thing. Go back and look in your notes. Go listen to those podcasts. Go to the book, and those will be your best resources. Some of the more academic sites can also be good guides, too. I know the State University System of New York has some great educational resources, as do some of the other sites, as, uh, education sites, too. But avoid Wikipedia, for God's sake, and Investopedia. And also avoid um, Google, just random searches. You're asking for it. Uh, you're going to get information that's wrong or it's not applicable to what we're doing here. That's one of the worst things in the world is asking a question, but you don't know how complicated that question might actually be. Um, but l let me start out with some basics. First of all, as far as numerical questions go, I will ask you a bond question. Yield and uh, price. I'll give you the, a bond, and I'll give you the yield, and I'll ask you for the price. I'll give you the price, and I'll ask you for the yield. You've got resources, examples of that that you can use so that you shouldn't have any problem at all with doing that problem. You've been doing, you've, you've been doing really well on the, that on the uh, quizzes. Oh, the answer key for the quiz is up as well. I'll say something else about that and <clears throat> that quiz too here in a minute. But uh, okay, bond question. I'll ask you for find uh, a, a mortgage payment. I'll give you a, a loan, the terms of a loan. Ask you to find me the payment, the balance, and the effective yield. Again, a mortgage, and I'll ask you for the payment, the balance after a certain number of years and the effective yield. That'll be the mortgage question. I'll ask you for some kind of uh, basic, uh, that, that deals with present value too. I'll ask you for a future value question. You put a certain amount of money into the bank every month or every week or every year, how much will you have after a certain number of years? It'll be framed just like it was when I asked it the first time. Uh, when I've asked it on the quiz, on a quiz, and when I asked it on the midterm. I'll just ask you to show me that you can do that. Uh, I'll have you find a present, uh, a net present value and an internal rate of return. Now there were some things that I didn't, that, that I've thrown off this exam. You won't be asked a horizon value problem. I won't do that because it just takes too long and there's too many chances for you to make it, screw it up. And I also found out that the PowerPoints for Cengage are showing something that I wasn't, I said you shouldn't do. So I'm not even gonna ask a horizon value question like I did on, on quiz eight, I asked you one, I'm not gonna ask it on the final. So you can take that off your table, uh, your list of things you should know. I'll ask you one of those one-year treasury bill questions. Will you buy a new issue one-year T-bill for $990? What, will it, what is the yield on it? So you take uh, 1,000 divided by 990 minus one. Simple as that. You can kill it in easily 10 seconds. 
You just take a thousand the face divided by the, uh, excuse me, divided by the pr price you pay to buy this new issue, and then you subtract one, and obviously turn it into times it by a hundred to make it a percent. So I'll ask one of those numerical questions. Let me go through here. I'm trying to clean up all of the numericals, uh, the numeric questions. Yeah, NPV and IRR, I'll ask you for one of each of those. Okay, let me, real quick. Well, why don't I just turn on the projector so you can see the final? Yeah, I would do that, fat boy. <laughs> I threw out, and I'm shocked at myself. I'm, I'm embarrassed by this, but I threw out the weighted average cost of capital problem. But I will ask you, a question where I'll say, okay, this is an old company, it just paid a dividend that is of so much and it's expected to grow at a certain rate hereafter. What's its, what's its current intrinsic price? So another, again, something like, okay, Jay-Z Corporation just paid a dividend of $1.25 that's expected to grow at 2% annually for the foreseeable future. If dividends are discounted at 8%, what's the current intrinsic price? For one like that, you just take the dividend, that I, the, this, new, this current dividend, grow at one period, 1.25 times, 1 plus 0.02, did I, 2%, and then divide that, by the discount rate, 0.08 minus, minus the growth rate, 0.02. You got it. That's all there is to it. Um, I'm looking for the numericals to give you. Duh, duh, duh. Yeah, the future value of question, you'll get one of those. A bond question, yes, and a mortgage question, or a car loan, or something like that. Okay. Now, kind of numerical questions. I'll give you a stock screen, a screen capture from uh, the day before the exam, maybe, or something like that. And then I'll ask you some questions. Things like, well, okay, is this stock risky or not risky? Like I did on that one on the midterm. You buy a round lot, what will you pay? Or you sell a round lot, what will you get? I'll ask you if the price earnings ratio and the beta are in agreement about the risk of the stock. And then I will do, I'll ask you for the total one-year gain. 
I'll say, suppose Yahoo's projection for one year out is correct or reliable. What is your total gain? That's obviously your capital gain. Ending value divided by beginning value minus one. And then don't forget to add your dividend yield to it to get your total gain for uh, annual gain, your total holding period gain. Just like I showed you before. Uh, can't remember. What, what stock did I show when I did this? Target. Tar, Target, yes. Matter of fact, real quick. Let me do one more for you here. Really? Okay, might as well have a good laugh. Here's Tesla. No, I'm not going to do Tesla because it doesn't have a dividend, for God's sake. I want one that's got a dividend. Oh, MSFT. How's they, how do they look for a year? Okay, Microsoft's a decent example. Here you go. To find, suppose that Yahoo's right. So if I buy Microsoft at 244.39, that's what you use is that number right there. 244.39, whoops, I don't want to do that. The ending value, 296.91, divided by the beginning value, 244.39, Minus one. So your capital gain yield is going to be 21 point. Let's try that again. Try that. 296. How did that? Uh, 91 divided by 244. 39 divided by. Whoops, not divided by, minus one. At, right there. Yeah, like I said, use that number right there. Don't use a bit in the ask. It gets weird when you do that. Just use the posted number. And then I'm gonna, I'll times that by 100. So in other words, your capital gain yield for buying Microsoft and holding it for one year is there, yeehaw, you, Yahoo is saying 21.49%. Then you add the dividend yield, which is 1.11%. So your total one-year holding period yield on, this, on Microsoft MSFT is 22.60%. Call me suspicious, but, well, maybe so. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I mean, I think of me as the easy bake oven of professors. Okay, don't. But okay, that now then there will be other questions. I'll ask you some. Okay, you buy a round lot. How much will you pay? You sell a round lot. How much you will get? For God's sake, don't forget to multiply by 100 because you're buying a round lot. Don't forget that. 
I buy a round lot, I'm going to pay two. Uh, I'm going to pay two forty-two twenty-one times a hundred. So uh, my broker, uh, before commissions or any fees, I'm going to pay twenty-four thousand two hundred twenty-one dollars for that. Yeah, no, not today's range. The bid and the ask, the bid. Two forty-two. Oh, duh, I'm sorry. Bite me, okay? I had alcohol. No, I didn't. Two forty-four, thirty-six times a hundred. There you go. You'd pay two twenty-four thousand four hundred thirty-six dollars. Now, if you sold it. You would pay. You would get two forty-four, twenty-seven, times a hundred. You'd get twenty-four thousand four hundred twenty-seven dollars. Yeah. Now, if I were to ask you about the risk of this stock, I this one's not the best in the world, but this is slightly less risky than the market portfolio. See that 0.93? It's a little below one. And does the P-E ratio agree? Well, actually, pretty much, because 30 is the breakoff for risk, uh, risk versus not, uh, not risky. So yeah, they're fairly in a, much in agreement here. So if it was at like 31, you say it wouldn't be because 30 is your break-in I'm going to make it so there's a clear distinction okay. in that. Yeah, I mean, because some of them are nuanced, and I, uh, so I'll avoid that. Is Microsoft profitable? Its EPS is positive, so yes, it's a profitable company. Good grief, $9.29 a share, you can't beat that. Is Microsoft closer to its 52-week low or to its 52-week high? What do you say? Yes. It's, so I, I actually, I guess I can see it does have a lot of upside potential. Look at the one year. Oh, that's weird, though. Do you see what I'm seeing here? Declining tops and declining bottoms. That's not good. That tells me, OK, now, I will ask you, I might ask you, you'll notice two of the terms that I ask, fundamental and technical. Fundamental analysis is looking at the basics of a company's organizational structure, its competitive environment. It looks at all of those. It looks at numbers, but it also looks at the broader picture of a company. And technical analysis just looks at the numbers and charts. So in other words, when I, if I were to say sell or don't get into Microsoft because I see declining tops and declining bottoms, that would be a technical analysis. What we call technic technicians, the technical analysts, are the ones we call the L's. <coughs> so anyway, just to give you a little more insight into what uh, th this could be like. Now, let me kill this before I stupidly go back to the exam. Okay. Let me walk you through the dinner uh, buffet here. Let's talk about bonds. When a bond, a bond has a yield and a coupon, the coupon is what it will pay. 
The yield is what the market says it should pay. Now, if the, if the coupon and the yield are the same, the bond sells at par, $1,000. As the coupon and the yield diverge, as the spread increases, the bond moves away from par. You have a little chart in your notes. If the yield is going above the coupon, the bond will sell at a discount to par. Again, if the yield moves above the coupon, the bond will sell at a discount to par. If the yield goes below the coupon, then the bond will sell at a premium to par. If the yield goes below the coupon, the bond will sell at a premium to par. You should put that in your notes somewhere. One other thing that you should know, that you should put in your note. As the term of a bond approaches zero, in other words, as the bond approaches maturity, the bond price will approach par. As the term of a bond approaches zero, in other words, as the bond approaches maturity, the bond price should approach par, $1,000. Make sure you know, going on to other subjects, internal rate of return and uh, net present value. As the, uh, the important thing, of course, is as the discount rate you use for NPV goes up, well, that means that the project becomes lower, the net present value goes down. As you increase the discount rate, the NPV goes down. Make sure you remember that the internal rate of return is the discount rate that makes the NPV zero. Any interest rate below IRR, you get a positive NPV. Any interest rate above the IRR, you'll get a negative NPV. I'll say that one more time. Any discount rate you use below the internal rate of return will make the NPV positive. Any discount rate you use that's above the internal rate of return will make the uh, NPV negative. I will ask you about that on the exam. Just know that little rule set. Put it in your, on one of your cards or something or etch it into your skin not really. If it's a permanent tat, I respect that. Yeah, yeah I, I did have a kid who actually had the Cap M tattooed on him. Finance major. 
way too much finance major. Okay, now, organizational layout. Make sure you know the difference. What, what makes a corporation different? It's that the, um, it, it, it has stock. Sole proprietorships and partnerships, the people are all at risk. A corporation, the owners aren't all at risk. The corporation bears the liabilities. Okay? So make sure you know that because, and also, in a corporation, the debt holders have the prior claim to free cash flow. You have to pay them what they're owed. Whatever is they're owed in the current period or whatever, you have to pay them first. And only after they have been satisfied per their contracts or whatever, only then can the shareholders get the residual claim. If there's anything left over. The company has paid its bills for the year, okay. There's money left over, the company can pay it as a dividend or plow it back into the corporation on behalf of the shareholders. But that's only after the debt holders have gotten their prior claim satisfied. Risk. Make sure you know what risk is. The two kinds of risk. There is the Systematic, non-diversifiable risk, which is inherent to the stock or the portfolio. It is system, it's in the system. You can't remove it. And then there is the non-systematic, diversifiable risk. That is, you can remove through portfolio diversification. Therefore, an investor should not expect any reward for bearing that kind of risk. In uh, that same regard, that means a beta. Be careful. If I say beta measures the total risk of a corporation, of a stock, that's false. Beta measures only the non-diversifiable systematic risk. Because we don't care about the non-systematic risk because we can get rid of it. Now in that same regard, of course, CAPM, make sure you know what, how to identify the capital asset pricing model. What does it look like? What are its pieces? There's a risk-free rate in there, there's beta, and then there's that market premium over risk-free, which is the expected return to the market minus risk-free. Make sure you can identify those components. And know the difference between the securities market line and the capital market line. If I graph the capital asset pricing model with beta on the horizontal axis and expected return to the stock on the vertical axis. 
That will be a straight line, and we call that the securities market line. Don't let me trick you into the capital market line. That's the one that's connected to the, efficient, the frontier of efficient investments. Simple terms, bull and bear markets. I mean, those are pretty obvious. I've used that every day. Oh, God. Okay. Um, oh, a little bit about securities regulation. Remember that the Securities Act of 1933 oversees the primary market. In other words, IPOs, seasoned offerings, that kind of stuff. The Securities Exchange Act of 1934 applies to secondary market transactions. In other words, buying and selling stocks and stock markets and all that kind of stuff. So, for example, if I said, what securities law governs an IPO? Well, that would be the Securities Act of 1933. If I said, you just ha uh, had your broker buy a round lot of Target, what securities law is he or she operating under? That would be the Securities Exchange Act of 1934. In that same kind of broad thing about the SEC, make sure you know what a 10K is, a 10Q, and, and an 8K. Ratios, I won't ask you to calculate ratios, but just like I did on the midterm, I'll ask you to interpret ratios or to know, okay, which is larger, ROA or ROE? Which would you prefer, the inventory turnover ratio going up or the inventory turn turnover ratio going down? Well, that was obviously you'd like to see it go up, turn over the inventory faster. Which is bigger, the uh, burn ratio or the current ratio? Oh, the mother's work is never done. One thing, make sure you know the formulas for the... Uh, different component costs of capital. Like I said, I'm not gonna do one of those where you do a whack, but I do want you to know what formula applies to which component. Know the difference between a bill, a bond, a bill, a note, and a bond. And who is the seller? The seller is the borrower. 
and who is the investor? The investor is the lender. Oh, interest rates, what, know the components of the risk-free rate, know the risk premium, what's going on with the default premium, what would have a high default premium, what would have a low default premium, what is the maturity premium, and how does it work, and there is the liquidity premium as well. Know the, know the order of the component costs of capital. In other words, what's the most expensive source of capital? Is it uh, debt? Okay, is it preferred stock? Is it common stock that is internally generated equity? Or is it new common stock, externally generated equity? Make sure you know that. Oh, goodness. Now, as far as financial institutions and financial instruments, make sure you know what constitutes a, an index portfolio versus an exchange. I've asked that before. Make sure you know. Okay, I'm done. Now, that wasn't comprehensive. Obviously, there are other things that could be asked, but it's your turn now to ask me questions about the exam. Anyone got anything for me? Yeah. Yeah, there will be, the, the final exam will have question from the midterm. Might be copy and paste or maybe change the numbers, something like that. But there will be a good number of questions that are just from the midterm and the early quizzes. And then the final, those quizzes, I was sending messages, this is what I'm going to ask on the final. So it could be, a, again, copy and paste or just change some numbers. So that when you see that final, it'll be like deja vu for a lot of questions. Anything else you got? Okay, that's all I have for you. Yeah. Good man. Nice. Save. Huh? We'll ask. That's it. Thank you.